Well, amen. Praise the Lord. I pray that you were encouraged by our singing today and our worship to the Lord. And I'm glad you're here. If you're watching online, we're so glad that you are here uh, with us as well. Although you're not here in the, in the building, you're worshiping with us at home, wherever you may be. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. We're so thankful for our church and it belongs to Christ and it's his. And so we praise him for it. I want us to turn to Acts chapter 27 this morning. As we're doing that, I want you to continue to pray, if you would, for Justin Hamaker. Tomorrow, uh, he is scheduled to be on, uh, uh, to get a trach and a feeding tube put in. And so they're going to uh, begin to wean him off the ventilator. And the doctors just feel this is the best thing for him. I believe it's been uh, three weeks today that uh, he was taken to the hospital and then put on a ventilator. And so just pray for him and uh, pray, pray especially for his wife, um, Sarah, who's obviously having to make these decisions and just pray the Lord, just give her grace, give her strength and uh, pray for his two little uh, girls as well. And we'll keep you updated on, on progress this week. And then uh, continue to pray for Doug Davison as well. Doug is still in uh, University of Michigan, had a, a difficult week this week and uh, really just needs our prayers. Pray for Mary as well, as she is uh, trying to do her best to encourage him and um, again, having to make decisions uh, for the family. So just pray for them. And there's many, many others that uh, we know we're praying for. And so we'll continue to pray for those. Acts chapter 27, we, um, we looked last week at this storm, Eurachlodon. It's a great storm that has come upon the apostle Paul. Paul is on his way to Rome, and Paul is going to preach the gospel to Caesar and to those in Rome. He's going to deliver the gospel message, and this is God's plan. And as we look at chapter 27 and began that chapter last week, we come to realize this, that storms don't surprise God. They're a part of God's plan for us. And we see this great storm that takes place. And, and God is going to do something in this storm. This was not just a waste of time. It was not just what had to happen in order for him to get to Rome. This is all in God's plan. Because God is using the apostle Paul to bring glory and honor to himself, to God. And so we're going to look at verse number 27. We'll pick up reading in verse number 27. If you follow along reading with me, Acts chapter 27 in verse number 27. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew here, drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they, were, they would have cast anchors out of the, the four ships, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved." Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. 
Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair from, uh, fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer. And they also took of some meat. And we were all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls, 276 souls, that is. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Father, help us today as we continue to study this, this chapter. Lord, we're still in the storm. You've not chosen to remove Paul from the storm. You've not even chosen to lessen the intensity of the storm. The storm is still a great storm. It's 14 days into this storm and it's, it's causing panic and it's causing fear. And so Lord, I pray that you would teach us something today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in each of us individually in our hearts and corporately, Lord, as a church. Lord, if there is one here today that just doesn't know you as their Savior, has never trusted Christ, but their faith in him for eternal life, I pray, Lord, today that your Holy Spirit would convict them, would show them their need of a Savior, and they would trust Christ today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would accomplish whatever you desire to accomplish, and I pray that you would bind Satan, any evil from this place that would hinder or attempt to hinder your work. And may we be focused, Lord, upon you now in these next few moments. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We find Paul and these 276 others, verse number 37 tells us, this is no small ship. You think about that 276 people on a, on a ship is a large ship. This is no, law, no small ship, and this is no small storm either. There's a lot of lives at stake here. This ship is being tossed by this storm to the point that those on board, verse number 20 tells us this, that they've lost hope. We saw that last week. Many have been there. Many have been in a place in their life where they have lost hope. They've been in a storm and that storm has, has shaken them. Some, it may be a storm in relationships or some, it may be a, a financial storm. Maybe a storm of, and it's caused your faith to doubt. There are some even now that are in great storms. I think of those that we're praying for, Justin, the Hamaker family. This storm has gone on for 20 days, 21 days. I think of Doug Davison, who his storm is now into day 54, 55, and maybe even closer to 60 now. Those are just a couple that we publicly we pray for, but the reality is this, if we mentioned everybody in this room that's going through battles or through storms, that's all we would do is just be praying for so many in our church. We find this in this passive scripture. I just want you to take note, first of all, the longevity of the storm. We find in verse number 27, but when the 14th night was come. Imagine 14 days on a ship that is constantly being tossed. 14 nights on a ship with 276 other people that are getting sick, that want to be there 
probably even less than you want to be there. If, if you've been, ever been on a boat in a storm where people are getting sick, that's the last place you want to be. I, I was on a boat out in the Atlantic. We were about 20 miles or so offshore and a storm came up. And there was about 80 people on that boat. It was a deep, deep sea fishing trip and uh, all but I think one person, including the captain, got sick. It's a horrible place to be when people are getting sick. It's a horrible feeling to feel when you get seasick. There's nothing that can help you. Being in a storm is a horrible place to be and it's a horrible feeling. Here in Paul's storm, this Eurachlodon, we see the longevity of the storm is 14 nights. There's something interesting that he says, the author here of Acts tells us as he's telling us about this storm. I want you to take note, he doesn't say 14 days. It's 14 nights. It's dark. It's sleepless. They're not able to eat. They're restless. And there's no end in sight. If you do anything for a few days and it's over, anybody can get through a few days but they're heading into their second week of this major storm that is relentless. Many, many people have been there. This storm, Eurachlodon, was powerful. This storm is, is bringing them to a breaking point. I just want you to imagine with me the, the place that these, these 276 other men that are on this boat, they've got to be at their pl- breaking point. They're at the place of helplessness and hopelessness. You see the author of this Acts, uh, as I said, he describes this storm as in nights. He distra- describes this longevity, not in days, but nights. Because nights are dark. If you've ever been in a storm, you realize, you remember the sleepless nights that you were in in that storm. When difficulties come in your life, it keeps you from the sleep. It awakens you at night. It causes you to, to fear. And the, and the dark fears are most realized. It's in the, in the dark of the storms is when you realize the fear that you have. I, I've, never had, I've never had any of my children come to me in the middle of the day and say to me, I just had a bad dream and I'm scared. But oh, we've got one, and it's not the one that led the music here this, this, uh, this morning, but we've got one that m- many nights comes down in the middle of the night and wants to get in bed and says, I'm scared, I had a bad dream. They come in the evenings. In the dark, the pain is most felt. When you're there, it's a lonely place. It's a dark place. It's a, it's a fearful place. And our pain is felt in the night. And this is how the author of Acts, as he's writing and, dis- and telling us of the storm, he tells us it's 14 nights. The dark of the night is where we lose our hope. And the dark of the night of our storms is where we can't wait and we wonder, will the morning ever come? Matter of fact, there is a a short phrase that I want you to see in verse number 29. Look with me, if you would, please. This short phrase at the end of that, verse number 29, just a few words, it says this, and wished for the day. That's the place they are in their storm. It's been just 14 long nights and they wished for the day because if the day would come, they may have 
may experience hope. And so we find in this passage of scripture, the longevity of the storm where they hunkered down, they cast out their anchors and they waited for morning to come. This is a difficult, it's heart-wrenching, it's a storm. I want you to see secondly in this passage of scripture as well though, we see the longevity of this storm. I want you to see something else with me if you would please. Uh, in verse number uh, 30, and the, and the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship. They were ready to just to, to, to get on a smaller ship so they can get to shore. They're, they're close enough to shore, the Bible tells us in verse number 27 and, and 28, that these, these experienced shipmen, the ones that were guiding this ship, they were going to get into these smaller vessels and, and uh, get to shore. And Paul, in verse number 31, said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Now, I want to look at diff, just today, just these different parts of this chapter here. I, I see first, as I said, the, the longevity of the storm and in the place in their heart where the Bible says, and they wished for the day. They wished for the sun to come up so they can get through this storm. And then we find that these soldiers, or these, these shipmen, those that, that uh, were leading this ship, they feel that they're close enough to shore. And so what they're going to do is they're going to take matters into their own hands. They're going to get into these smaller vessels and they're going to navigate their way because they believe that, that even though the storm is raging, that if they can get themselves in this situation, they can get to safety. But Paul says to the centurion, uh, uh, Justice, and, and, uh, or I'm sorry, Julius, and, and uh, uh, the others that are, that are with him, the, the, the guards that are with him, and the other uh, prisoners that are with them, Paul gives them this warning, and he says this, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now, I want you to think about this. If you were a prisoner, you, 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 you didn't grow up on the, on the waters, you were just simply a passenger on this ship. And you saw all of the experienced shipmen that this is their life and this is what they know to do, all getting onto a ship, wanting to get to shore, taking matters into their own hands. The average person would think this, those shipmen know better than we know. Paul, you're a tent maker. Matter of fact, Paul, you're a prisoner. You're not a captain of a boat. You're not, you're not in charge of this ship. You, you, you're, this isn't what your occupation is. You have no experience here. But Paul still stands up and he says, I want you to understand something. You need to follow this direction. If you get out with these experienced shipmen, you're going to die. The only way that you're going to be saved is by staying on this ship. Now, there's something interesting about that because what they did is they set anchors to that ship. And, and Paul understood and was telling them that when that anchor is set, the safest place to be, even in the storm, is to be kept by that anchor. And I would say this, the safest place to be in our storm is to be kept by the anchor, which is Jesus Christ. And not to try to get out of something and then go to where we think or even get advice from people that might even be more experienced. I would say this, that God's way and God's plan is a better plan than even the most experienced human beings. And we don't always understand God's plan. 
and we don't always understand what God is doing. But God is wiser than the smartest, most knowledgeable human being. And Paul says, unless we stay here, the only way, except these abide in this ship, ye cannot be saved. And I would say this, except we abide in the anchor or we trust Jesus Christ, we cannot be saved. And when life, if you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's a lot of things that experienced people, religion will tell you to follow a certain path, but that certain path will always lead to sure destruction. The only way that we can be saved, the only way that we can find hope is in the anchor, and it's Jesus Christ. I want to say this secondly. Paul stands up in verse number 31. He says, except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. I want to speak to those that are saved today. Don't allow the storms to cause you to mistrust God. Keep your focus on God's deliverance, not on the storm. Don't allow storms to cause you to mistrust God. You see, it would have been easier for Paul, I'm sure, to say, let's follow those. Maybe, may, may, maybe God has is, is forsaken us. 14 nights of, of this pain and 14 nights of this suffering. Maybe, maybe they, these shipmen had the answer. Paul was not going to allow this storm to cause him to, to mistrust God. And so often, we as Christians, if we're not careful, we can get to a, a storm in our life and we begin to doubt and we begin to question, God, do you really care? God, can I really trust you? And there are some Eurocladons, there are some storms that will bring the human being to that place. When you come to the place where you see this storm is just so, so long and, and so pressing and it just seems like there is no way out, many a times we as humans can say, God, are you there? God, do you trust? The, can we trust you? God, can, can, I, can I trust you with my life? And I want to say, don't allow the storm to cause you to mistrust God, but rather keep your focus on God's deliverance. What was Paul doing? He wasn't focusing on Eurocladon. It was still heavy. It had, not, it had not stopped at all. It was 14 nights just pounding against that boat. It was raining. The storms were coming. There was great sickness. People were without hope, and there was no, no, no uh, uh, help there for them. But Paul says this, let's keep our focus on deliverance. Let's keep our focus on Christ. Let's keep our focus on who God is. And I would say to, to us, church, no matter what storm we're going into, don't look at the storm and cause you to doubt who God is and doubt God's love and God's care and God's compassion and God's grace and God's mercy. Instead, keep your focus on the deliverance that God is going to give you. His deliverance is Christ. The anchor is Christ. Now hear me today. You might be in a storm and you may be weary and you say, boy, I, I'm failing. I'm Every time a storm comes, I get weary. I just want to tell you this, you're human. Some get so wearied by the storm, they fail to see God's plan for deliverance. This storm was not to kill and be the last storm of these 276 men. This storm was so that God could show them his deliverance. I would say this storm is for Paul. Paul's nearing the end 
but Paul still has to go to Rome and Paul still has to preach and Paul still has to stand before Caesar before great men and powerful men. And Paul has to go to, a, to, to this place and, and preach the gospel and what God is showing Paul that the deliverance, I can deliver you from every storm. He's powerful. You know what I, say, I see here in this passive scripture that I hope that would encourage all of us today that Paul stayed focused on God, not the storm. Paul is being tossed these, these men haven't eaten for 14 days. Could you imagine not only eaten, having eaten for 14 days, but physically your body is just being beaten to, to its limits? There was a time, matter of fact, it was coming here, I fasted for 15 days. Matter of fact, I think it was 20 was, was the was the exact amount of time. But I, I remember when I got to that 14 day mark, man, I was starving. If you would have said to me, hey, you wanna go on a boat out in the middle of the sea and let's get shipwrecked without any strength, I, I wouldn't do it if I had been eating for 15 days, let alone being physically weary and tired. And Paul is being tossed and he hasn't eaten, he hasn't slept. He's physically spent. But he kept his focus on his salvation, on his deliverance. And hear me, Christian, every storm, the Eurachlodons of our life that we come in contact with, as I said last week, we're not going to be able to avoid them. They're coming. There's going to be storms. For, for many this year, we, we're in a storm. This, this past week for, for, for me has been a great storm. I told you last Sunday we were going to take some action. And today, today, this afternoon, our ministry, our, our board voted to be a part of litigation. And we're filing a federal lawsuit against our health department here in Lucas County. And it's been nonstop. My wife said to me the other day, just a couple days ago, she said, I wish we didn't have to be involved in all the things you get us involved in. And I said to her this, I said, babe, I don't have a choice. If I can't lead and I can't get through and I can't lead through this and I have to step aside so that God can use somebody else to do it. But instead of keeping our focus on the storm, we've got to keep our focus on our salvation, our deliverance, our deliverer. I want you to write this down. I'm hurrying for time here. Look with me in verse number 30, if you would, please. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the four ships, look what they're doing. They're, they're, they're trying to fool the, everyone on board. It, it, it's kind of like the story with the Titanic. Men and women are, or men and children are supposed to go first, but all the workers were getting on the lifeboats because they knew there wasn't enough lifeboats. 
They, they pretended they were doing something else. Instead, they were all going to get into the, the ship so they could sail because these others that are on this ship, they're just prisoners. They're not important. They're, they're just the passengers that they're hauling and these shipmen, they're, they're going to be able to sail another day. And so what would normally happen? Everyone else would panic and say, we need to do the same. We've got to get off this boat. And Paul stands and says, no, no, don't, don't, don't get off this boat, uh, the, to verse 31, to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. What is he saying? Stay here. Don't follow them. You're fine. I want you to write this down, please. Number three, be careful of making major decisions in the storm. Be careful about making major decisions in the storm. I just want to give you some practical advice here that I see from Paul. Because to be honest with you, I'm sensing it and I'm seeing it. I talk to many a people. And 2020 has been such a difficult year for so many people. And some are going to make some major decisions here this far into the storm. And some of these decisions are not the best decisions to make. We just want to get out of the storm. Paul said, before you make this decision, the decision that might look good is a decision that's going to cause your death. So what's the best place to do? Stay anchored in the anchor in the ship. Christ. Stay focused on the deliverance. I want you to see Paul's counsel here. Look with me in verse number 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. Now, again, I want you to think about this in its context here. He says, this day is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing to eat. The storm has not stopped raging. They're 14 days into the storm. They're still into the storm. The shipmen are getting on the boat and they're, 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 they're pretending that they're, they're, they're letting down anchors, but instead they're, they're getting in to try to get to safety. These 276 centurion and, and soldiers and prisoners They've got to be wondering what's going on. And Paul says, no, no, don't, don't make this decision. Stay right here. And then he says this, he says, and let's eat meat. Now, the last thing I would be interested in, I think at this point is sitting down and eating meat. They were so wearied from the storm, they needed strength before they moved. Sometimes during something, doing, doing something, doing anything feels better than doing nothing in a storm. Sometimes when storms come to our life, we just have this mind that, all right, I've got to do something. I've got to do anything. It doesn't, anything is better than nothing. But look what Paul's advice to them was. Paul encouraged them, first of all, take care of the physical needs that you have. Because when we get physically tired and we get physically drained and we get to the place where physically we can't endure any longer, we make bad decisions. 
And before they were going to make the right decision, Paul said to them just some really practical advice. He's let, let's strengthen ourselves physically before we make a decision on what to do. I want you to see secondly here something he does as well. He goes on, look with me if you would, follow along with me, verse number uh, uh, 34. Uh, he makes this statement, wherefore I pray you to take some meat for this is your, what's he say? Health. He says, this is your health. For there shall not be a hair fall from the head of any of you. In verse number 35, and when he had thus spoken, he took bread, he gave thanks to who? To God in the presence of them. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. I want you to see, first of all, he said, I want you to take care physically. Second of all, you know what he encouraged them to do? Take care of yourself spiritually. He prayed. Before they made a major decision, before we're going to just jump out of this boat because we got to do something, we got to do anything, Paul says, no, take a moment and, 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 and get yourself some physical strength. And then he said, I want you to take some time, take a moment and strengthen yourself spiritually. Make, bring it back to God. What did they have to be thankful for? They're in a storm. You know what they were thanking God for? Deliverance. Thanking God for who he is. Recognize that God is the God of that storm. Recognize that God is in control. Recognize that he has not lost power. Doesn't matter how powerful that storm is. God is greater than that storm. And he said, I want you to stop before you make a decision. Stop and make sure spiritually you're where you need to be. So many times in storms, people just want to make decisions get out and anything is better than nothing. And Paul says, no, physically care for yourself, spiritually care for yourself. And I want you to see thirdly what he encouraged them to do. Look with me, he says this. Then in verse number 36, then they were all of what? Good cheer. And they also took some meat. You know what he encouraged them to do? Take care of yourself emotionally as well. Now, for 14 days, I don't think that you could say they were of good cheer. They were panicked. There were probably some that were angry. There were some that were probably angry at God. God, why are you allowing this? Some were, we know, where they came to the place. They were hopeless. They were defeated. They were in despair. They were willing to give up. That's, that's emotionally where every one of these were. The Bible tells us all throughout this chapter, we saw last week, again this week, they were just in a place of distress. But Paul said, but Paul's advice to them physically, spiritually, and then emotionally, and, and then they were all of good cheer. They emotionally were healthy, and now they were ready for the next phase of the storm. Now they, could, now they could look at the deliverance of the storm instead of looking at the 14 nights of the storm. 
Because listen to me, church, storms weary us. They weary us physically. They weary us mentally. They weary us emotionally and spiritually. Storms have a way of doing that to us as human beings. But Paul brought all that attention back and said, no, 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 you're at the place where you want to start taking things in your own hands. But don't forget, God has a plan and God's going to deliver us. And God, Jesus Christ, is our anchor. And make sure, make sure physically you're ready. And make sure spiritually you're ready. And make sure emotionally you're ready because now once you're at that place, you can make proper decisions. I talked to some this week. I've heard from some, they've said this, we're just, because of this year, we're just not gonna celebrate Christmas like we normally would. I've talked to some that are looking, well, maybe I need to change jobs. There's some that are just, you're restless. In the the middle of the storm is not the time to make life-changing decisions. In the storm is the time to trust the anchor. Now, decisions have to be made in the storm. Paul's going to make decisions. But Paul helped them and brought them to the place where he fed them, gave them meat, heal physically, bring your thanksgiving to God, make sure spiritually where you need to be, be of good cheer emotionally, make sure your emotions are in check. And we're not just making decisions out of anger or making decisions out of hopelessness or helplessness, but we are, we are balanced and we're right with God, depending upon the spirit of God. Decisions have to be made. And guess what? We're going to see in this chapter, they're going to make a decision. But the decision was not made until all these areas in their life were where God needed them to be. Because God has a plan. And God has a plan for your storm. And his plan is that he receives glory. That Jesus Christ is exalted. That your faith is in the deliverer. And that you never have to lean on your own understanding.